0: I'm Bhumi Patel, a South Asia analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analyses. Sign up for the free Stratfor
1: newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to the Stratfor Essential Geopolitics podcast from Rain. I'm Emily Donahue. Iran's elections are scheduled for June 18th. But this week, the government announced a list of seven candidates eligible to run for president. What can we expect? Here with answers is Matthew Bay, Stratfor Senior Global Analyst at Rain. Welcome back to the podcast, Matthew. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm excited to dive into this topic, Matthew. Let's jump right in here and ask why our audience should care about who's running for Iran's presidency.
0: That's a great question. People have this view of Iran where its president doesn't have a ton of power and the supreme leader has most of the power, which is definitely the case. However, the presidential election process, and when I'm calling it a process, not not necessarily the election itself, can tell us uh, a lot of clues in terms of um, where Iran's elite the supreme leader of course doesn't operate in a vacuum and is working with other elite figures of the Iranian uh, Government on deciding policy This does give us an indication of where they are viewing things that they want to happen What direction they want to to be going in towards so we are looking for for clues essentially to what uh, Iran's future policies may be um, and for example in 2013 The election of President uh, Hassan Rouhani was a a strong indication that Iran's uh, unelected elite would back the idea of negotiations with the West that ultimately uh, ended in the 2015 uh, Iran nuclear deal, or as we like to call it, the JCPOA by its acronym.
1: Who are some of the candidates who've been approved and not approved for this election?
0: So the main candidate that's been approved to be watching for is the Chief Justice Ibrahim Raisi. Um, He has been long viewed as a potential replacement or successor to um, Supreme Leader Ali uh, Khamenei when Khamenei, who is now um, in his 80s, passes away. Um, He is definitely somebody that we would say is from the more conservative or hardline conservative um, camp. He's not somebody that is a moderate like um, the current president, Hassan uh, Rouhani. Um, Of the other candidates, what it seems to be clear they're doing is they really are clearing the way for him to be elected. Um, for example, one of the uh, top contenders that was expected to be approved and challenged Raisi was um, Ali Larijani, the former Speaker of the Parliament. He's much more similar to Rouhani. He was working very closely with Rouhani on the 2015 nuclear deal. Um, he was actually disqualified. Now, he could actually still be approved if the Supreme Leader can step in. Um, he has done this in the past on other elections. He can step in to approve his candidacy. Um, but the fact that uh, Larijani was um, not approved... Um, does mean that we are expecting Raisi to to have a pretty clear path to the presidency. Other candidates that are that are approved that are notable, one of them is uh, Saeed Jalili. He's the former chief negotiator for Iran on nuclear issues back when the U.S. and Iran really weren't able to find any kind of an agreement in the late 2000s, for example. Um, but again, most of these are, are conservative candidates or um, conservative candidates that might actually... Um, Decline to to stay into the race all the way to the election day um, and just you know drop out, which is c- very common in Iran. We'll see allies of one candidate register and then drop out at the last minute just to provide them some shielding, essentially, in the debate process. A lot of the more conservative minded figures that were approved are expected to do that. There really isn't any kind of a moderate like Johnny or even or, or like Rouhani for that matter um, that really has the the brand recognition, the political clout, and the power. Um, That can really go toe to toe to Raisi. So it does look like they are definitely preparing for him to be to be the winner.
1: And so what does Larjani's disqualification tell us?
0: It really does tell us that right now um, the Iranian elite are concerned, I guess, about um, internal factionalism within the political system that leads to these intense debates that are openly discussed about in Iran on on policy issues. Um, The Rouhani government, while Rouhani was definitely a product of the system when he was elected, um, he has joined forces to align with the reformists on social issues and and, and in some cases uh, political issues. For example, one of the things that he tried to do on top of um, just negotiating with the US was he also started to target the IRGC's vast business empire Within or within Iran, through various things like, for example, getting rid of or, or barring them from holding um, holdings into specific banks. So, for a number of things, um, Rouhani, while a product of the system, did kind of you know open up some concerns that a lot of the unelected elite that are close to the RGC just really wouldn't be wanting to be as vocally in- aired about. So, really, what it's telling us that Johnny, is, has been disqualified is that the the conservatives and Iran's kind of security establishment really want somebody that they know they trust and that's very close to the supreme leader and um, and uh, Raisi really does fit all of those all of those qualifications
1: so if he were to win the presidency, what should other nations expect from Raisi?
0: So from Raisi, we would expect him to continue actually negotiating with the West. One of the things that he did in 2017 when he was at the time the the, the main challenger to to President Rouhani in those elections was he didn't um, campaign on the idea that Iran needed to completely leave the JCPOA. At that time, it was still enforced. It was still something that the U.S. was respecting um, because he has believed that sanctions relief is something that is necessary for the U.S. economy or sorry, um, is necessary for the Iranian economy. Um, so we would expect him to um, still continue that path when it can, comes to the ongoing negotiations that are, on, uh, that are going on in Vienna, for example. Um, however, when we talk about these social or economic liberalization reforms, some of them that Rouhani was pushing for, we should not expect Raisi to kind of take that same kind of position on. We would expect him to be very conservative um, about that. I mean, he would view in many ways his presidency as a stepping stone to being the leading candidate for the Supreme Leader um, down the road. He's got eight years. He's going to be overseeing um, what could be the most two the most important events in Iran's recent history. One, the re-removal of U.S. sanctions if we get a deal, and then also if uh, Khamenei dies, the death of the Supreme Leader, the first one that we would have in over three decades. When it comes to broader normalization with the United States or other regional countries, um, we wouldn't expect Raisi to have a willingness to go above and beyond when it comes to negotiating beyond just the JCPOA and Iran's nuclear program with with the U.S. Um, there is always a, a branch of Iranian society or, or the Iranian political spectrum that calls for things like negotiating a, a broader normalization with the United States and Ruhollah That's just not something that we would expect under Raisi, at least not until um, he might be in power for a long period of time and he actually as a younger generation figure um becomes the supreme leader if he does become the supreme leader down the road and really does start to change and shift and modify um iranians overall behavior when he has the power to do so but in the short term we should not expect any concessions to be made on issues like that
1: matthew bay is strapped for senior global analyst at rain thank you matthew thank you emily Guiding our clients with intelligence on the geopolitics of the Middle East is one of Stratfor's core areas of expertise. If you like what you heard today, sign up for the free Stratfor Worldview newsletter from Rain. Sign up at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.